the life that I have now is so great. I know that it's going to keep getting better. And I know what's meant for me is going to attract my way. Welcome back to the Host by Tori show. Today we have on one of my really good friends, Susie Salcedo. Susie and I went to the same college, shout out Horn Frogs, and we're in New York City at the same time, but didn't connect until we were in Austin. I can't tell you how grateful I am to have her in my life. She truly is one of the most genuine people I've ever met, and I leave every interaction with her happier. Susie went from being a party girl to having a sober period to now being a more mindful drinker, and we get all into it. So let me tell you a little bit more about this episode. We talked about Susie's party girl life and being known as the shot girl, the book that changed her life and how it made her go on her self-help journey, how she lets go of friendships that aren't serving her anymore, why Susie's go-to date is at a coffee shop and how she has navigated single life and dating in a world where drinking isn't a priority and really feeling more around how you attract what you put out. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Truly one of my favorite ones in a while. So let's hear it. Susie, thank you for coming on. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about you and your past party self in college. We went to the same college, but we were not friends (laughs) and now we're friends. But I want to hear about what you were like in college related to the going out, drinking, alcohol scene. Then you went to New York. We were both in New York and still not friends, mm-hmm. but that's <laughs> but that's okay because we're friends now. <laughs> I assume in New York you also were into that scene as well. And now you have a very, very different approach to going out, alcohol, all that. So give us the backstory. Cool. Yeah. So in college, I was I was a party girl. I mean, I was going out probably Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, maybe some day drinking on Sunday. I mean, it was full force sending it every single weekend. Don't regret anything. I think it was it was meant to happen in that time. Then I moved to New York right after college and I was a party girl to the max now because I had a full-time job. I had the finances to support my party, my party lifestyle. So it was going to like, you know, really bougie clubs and really cool like, you know, bars and restaurants and grabbing a drink you know, every Friday and then pretty much just waking up on Sunday and be like, all right, now it's time for work on Monday. So it was a very big, it was fun. It was a really fun lifestyle. I mean, we had a really solid group of friends that we would, you know, always go out with together. We were dirty martini girls, but I was the shot girl. So I was the girl that always had tequila shots. I was the girl that was ready to, you know, use someone yells shots. Like I'm there first in line. So that's the kind of drinker that I was. Did you did you like the way alcohol made you feel or what did you like about partying so much? So the intention is a lot of conflicting things about it, which is how, why I'd approach it so differently now. I think it had to do with – it was a very passive behavior. It was more of like a social situation where it made sense because everyone was doing it and I wanted to be – the one that was doing it the most, it allowed me to, you know, get a little loose, get a little crazy. And so I didn't have to think about too much about, you know, maybe approaching a guy or, you know, going and getting into a club without having to pay cover. It's like give that little, you know, confidence booster that I thought I needed from alcohol. And it was just a fun concept. It was like, okay, you can partake with it with a bunch of people getting bottle service and like the power that you have over that. It's a very, it's a huge ego trip and it's so passive and so unconscious that like, Obviously, I came to terms with that later, but in that moment, I was like, this is what everyone's doing. It makes so much sense. But yeah, I was the shot girl. So what changed? 
So what changed was, of course, COVID was a big thing, but actually I, I feel like more, people drink more during COVID. So you were the opposite. Dude, this is like, this is where I, yeah, I dev- definitely differ. I mean, right before COVID, I had a relationship that I was in that was like my really fun relationship in New York and it ended right before COVID. So along with COVID, you know, being alienated completely, I was dealing with a breakup. So I was in complete silo through my healing process and, you know, that big catalyst situation. So COVID happens. I go and stay with my parents for what I think was going to be two weeks. Obviously, we guys know the, d- the drill turns to two months. They're like, you're going back to work yeah. in, in mid-May. And everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, okay. And I'm like, still have my place in New York, not living in it. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? So I was in New York. I mean, I'm sorry. I was with my parents and I was never a casual drinker. So that's one thing that I want to note is that I was never a happy hour girl. I was never a, let's get a drink on a Wednesday. Let's Mm. get a glass of wine. I don't care for it. I never cared for a casual cocktail. I never cared for a casual margarita. I was a shot girl. And is it because you have an all or nothing mentality or did have an all or nothing mentality? I did. Yeah. It was full force. It was it just what made sense to me, you know, it's very black and white and it's crazy. Cause now we talk about like being really comfortable in the gray area, but it was very black and white. So to me, COVID was actually super easy not to drink. Cause I never craved a glass of wine. I never mm. craved a cocktail. What I craved was a night out with my friends. Like, you know, Fridays came around. I'm like, Oh, I would just itch to go out to the bar and dance, you know, but I didn't have the itch to like pound shots. Granted, I'm with my parents. I'm like, hey, let's take some shots. Yeah. (laughs) Shot girl with your parents. (laughs) Yeah. So you just, so during that time, you obviously weren't able to like hang out with your friends and go out and party. So you didn't really drink. And was that a wake up? Was that like a wake up call of how you felt? Like during that party phase, did you ever feel the after effects of alcohol that like made you feel bad or? Like, kind of talk to me about the feeling yeah. that you had from not drinking. And was it one of those scenarios where, okay, I'm at my parents and I don't have the opportunity, but when I have the opportunity again, I am going to go drink. Like, talk me through your thinking there. Yeah. So right before COVID happened, you know, we were having some really fun girls nights and I started to realize like, okay, you know, I'm reaching, I'm past my mid twenties now, I'm entering my late twenties at that time. And I started to realize that if I continued in that same pattern, my life would be affected negatively a lot more than I think it would. And so that's kind of like a little like back back of the mind thought that I had already going into COVID that I was like, oh, maybe I should explore like drinking less. And so when I had the, you know, cold turkey kind of experience here, the first thing I noticed was just my mental clarity. Like the first, I would say three weeks of, I would say, no, the first month I was like, okay, there's something going on in my brain that I've never experienced before where it's just ultimate clarity. I was working out a lot too during COVID. That was kind of like my vice was working out. So that's what I supplemented with. And I noticed that, you know, my face wasn't puffy. And those like those little things that you start to notice when you do stop drinking is just like toying with the idea that like, this is like your body and like just how much of it was being affected by alcohol. It was the deep puffiness. It was also my ability to be active. I noticed my stamina increasing. Yeah. I noticed my also my diet. You know, I didn't really have this like rush of wanting to consume sugar. So it was just a lot of like little things. And I'm like, something's going on. I want to kind of explore it more. And at the time, one of my best friends, she she had been sober for a long time, and she's very involved in that community. It didn't really appeal to me to get involved with that community, but the concept of no drinking 
did appeal to me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just roll with it. And then, you know, one month turned into two months, two months turned into three, three turned into four. And at the, around the four month mark, I was like, damn, I can keep doing this for, for a while. Like I don't yeah. feel any desire. But then is when, you know, COVID got a little lax and you started to see your friends. And so I went on a trip to the Hamptons one weekend with some of my friends. And that was the first time I ever faced people asking me why I'm not drinking, when I'm going to start again, you know, and that's when I found myself in this really conflicted situation that I've never been in because, you know, we've talked about like, how do you respond to that? Right. And at that time when it was so new, I felt like I had to reassure them that don't worry guys, I'm coming back. I don't know what this is, but it's, it's just like, or that you're still fun. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's me trying to figure it out as they're asking me these questions. Cause this is my first time being social again in, in months. And I didn't drink. I just didn't feel like it was going to align with me. And actually that weekend I did have like a sip of Aperol. Like, and I'm talking like literally I wet my lips with the <laughs> Aperol. And I was like, I think I'm drunk. Like I was like, I'm drunk. Like I swear I'm drunk. And I'm like, no. It's crazy how your tolerance just like completely changes <laughs> too. Still is so, so sensitive. Wait, so did, so did you get a, so I originally, I, I've kind of dealt with this as I've been going through my journey, but like, did you have a high off of the streak of not drinking for a period? And like, so then when you decided to break that streak, so to speak, just because right now, like you are, you pick and choose when Mm -hmm. you do want to drink, you're not, you you don't, or what's the term? You're like not sober, right? Yeah. You're, You're not abstaining from it altogether. So like, tell, tell me how you felt during the streak. And when you decided ultimately, like, maybe I don't need to have this black and white mentality around yeah. it. I think that came with a lot of inner work. I think I did a lot of healing work that, I mean, that entire year I took off to just, and I didn't even mean to, it just kind of happened. I was reading, you know, books that changed my life. I was- What books? So the book that changed my life forever is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And if you haven't read it, you got to read it because it's so good. And it just clarified a lot of, you know, just overall presence and consciousness. And that kind of, you know, as people would say, like woke me up. And then I started to kind of pivot more into just like the self-help journey. I was like, okay, I really want to understand my feelings. I want to understand my intentions for why I was drinking so heavily and whatnot. And it's not to get so granular because I'm not going to dismiss my past, but it's more so understanding how I cannot bring that onto my future. So reading journaling, you know, working out and also changing my friendship dynamics. That was a huge thing because I was so scared that because I don't want to continue drinking or make that be my my sole part of going out and having a good time, I'm like I'm going to lose all my friends. I'm not going to have friends. Like how am I going to be social? How am I going to have fun? Like how am I going to enjoy my weekends? That makes that to me is so crazy. And now that I'm say this as we speak right now, I'm like what? Like, how is that even like a doubt? But it was because that's where your brain goes. And I know so many friends that are still curious about maybe potentially stop drinking. They're like, well, what am I going to do in the weekends? I'm like, oh my God, baby, if you only knew the possibilities that exist outside of drinking. So that was a huge thing that it was just like this fear and this fear attached to like the possible, like maybe I should just say, you know, fuck it and start drinking again. Or, you know, and so that, that, that was like its own entity. Basically, I I just decided to kind of roll with it. I was like, I'm just going to take it a day at a time. I'm going to see whatever presents itself, how I'm going to feel. If there comes a time where I'm like, I want to drink that, then I'm going to drink it. But at this point, I've done so much work, so much introspective work that 
I don't feel the need to be pounding shots anymore, period, because it doesn't align with my life. You know, I was heading into my late 20s and I'm like, I don't care to be pounding shots because that always had a different intention. Yeah. So that made me feel more comfortable. I started to kind of, you know, distance myself from different friendships and not in a very like closed off manner and just in a sense that I'm like, okay, how there's no way for me to make room for new if I can't make space for it. Mm-hmm. And that means letting go of the old. And that applies to how do you let how everything. do you let go? Like how how would you describe when you think of relationships that aren't serving you anymore? Is it just less frequent communication? Is it less proactive reaching out to them? Like how do you do that in a way that isn't this just like, I'm never going to talk to you again, mm-hmm. but prioritizing yourself because you know that personally, it's not going to be something that's going to serve you to invest time in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's it's a process and I think it's being comfortable with the process. Like Everything that is good for you takes time. That's like the biggest takeaway is that no matter what you do, if you're trying to improve your life, it's going to take time and you have to trust the process and be patient. And I hope that applies to literally everything in most people's lives, but it had to do with friends. So, you know, it was, yes, less proactive reaching out. Also, you know, physical distance because I decided to leave New York and pivot my life a bit, you know, that physical distance created something, but it was because I did move out of New York. Now I have to make new friends. Right. And so it was making, well, aside from that, letting go was more so distancing myself physically, distancing myself, you know, energetically, and also seeing the response from that. And that's the reassurance that I need, right? So as I start to distance myself, I noticed that some people didn't really give a shit. You mm-hmm. know, they just, they were in their own world. Everyone's living their own lives. They're not so involved in my life anyway. And so that kind of made the whole process easier. Um, and I started to, you know, try out living in new places for about a year. I was basically just all over the place, 2021, trying to form some sort of new stability And as I was making new friendships, all I knew how to make friendships was like in a social setting where it has to do with like, let's go out, let's socialize. So that was really hard for me to like mold something new while trying to navigate it myself. And what I, through this journey, what I came to understand was that the way that you make friends that align with what you, what you want to do is doing it yourself. So I changed my life. I changed my habits. I changed my weekends. What did that look like? I didn't go out on Friday. So that means I woke up early on a Saturday morning. Well, what do I want to do? I want to go for a hike. I want to go for a walk. I want to, you know, maybe create, make a really beautiful breakfast and invite a friend over to share it with me. I want to go to coffee shops and explore different types of coffees. I want to explore cities and you can explore cities in numerous ways that don't involve drinking. And so that opened up portals where I was in situations that I could meet people. You know, I was going into a coffee shop and I would say the same person that, you know, three Saturdays in a row, well, about the fourth time I'm going to start a conversation. Right. And that's how I started to see, oh, wait, this isn't that hard. And and they're and they're more meaningful conversations because people yeah. aren't two, three, four drinks in and you're only meeting them in that out setting. And so it can be hard to actually like have a conversation yeah. and align. Cause I feel like whenever you, f- you first meet someone, right. It's like you first meet them out somewhere. Mm-hmm. If you want to be friends with them again, you have to like make another plan to go hang out with them. Yeah. I get like, it takes a couple of those and you're not just going to be getting that by going out at night. Exactly. If people are drinking. And, and it's it- so funny. Cause like now in my life today, it's kind of like dating, right. When you're meeting new friends, it's like, I, get to know you on this like level of getting coffee, right. getting brunch, <laughs> going for walks. And maybe you're on like the fifth friend day. We're like, do you want to go out? You know, which is like the complete opposite <laughs> of how I lived. Totally. So it's like, 
such a cool concept of, I think it's just, you know, getting wiser, getting older, getting more consciously aware of what life is supposed to be like and like really living in it. And then also, I'm sorry, hangovers suck. They're the worst. Like I remember the most debilitating hangovers where I am on my bed, having the full on shakes, like dry heaving, crawling to the toilet, like ordering shit food at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. like, cause my, you know, my appetite doesn't come in until 7 PM that Sunday. And I wasted a whole Sunday, yeah. you know, or I wasted a whole Saturday, whatever that, that looked like. And then you still let it linger until Monday or Tuesday. And I'm sorry, that's not really, that's not really a hangover. That's almost like withdrawals. Like you're, you're not, and yeah. like, that's not your body. You shouldn't be living that. Yeah. So when I realized, I remember it was like, it was in New York actually. I woke up on a Sunday morning and I hadn't gone out Saturday night. And I woke up and I was like, what is this feeling? The city's dead was, too. Yes, it's like, it's it's dead. like ghostly quiet. Yes. So I get up and I'm like, I'm going to go for a run, I guess. And so I went for a run and I was like, a whole new world. Is that like Aladdin or something? Like, oh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it's still New York City. So obviously it's still like trash. There's rats everywhere. I'm just like, this is beautiful. Like, what a beautiful concept. So that's when I was also like, oh, I want more of this. Yeah. Well, so, so that obviously all sounds like, I mean, I, I totally resonate with everything you're saying. That's how I like to be living my weekends, living my life. And I'm so glad that I met you here. Like I remember our first like little friend friend date date. at greater goods (laughs) and it honestly just like blossomed from there. But this doesn't include like friendships are one thing. Dating is another thing. Yeah. And I want to hear from you as you've been dating in Austin, whether that's Bumble dates, whether that's friends of friends, how do you approach dating in terms of like the activities and what types of conversations do you have with people about drinking? Like, do you go out and get a drink and maybe you do get something alcoholic or maybe you don't, but like, do you suggest different activities to do? Would be interested to hear more around dating as someone who is not trying to live a life that has alcohol involved as much. Yeah. Yeah. Dating. What a, what a, what a life. I mean, I've been single now for three, over three years and it's been the three of the most wonderful years of my life. I mean, the amount of good that's come from it is just incredible. So if you're single, it's the best time ever. So I think with dating at the beginning, I think the last, you know, the first year where I wasn't really drinking, I was like a little, not in a space to be welcoming in dating where I was just really focused on myself, building friendships. And then I entered a phase last year where I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to entertain this. And the first couple of guys that I went on dates with, I- this through Bumble? This was through Hinge. So when I first moved to Austin last year, I went on Hinge because I'm like, I have no idea how the hell I'm going to meet people. So I went on Hinge and I went on a couple of dates with some guys. And the first date with one of the guys- was a coffee date. And that is my absolute go-to. Like I will always, first of all, I don't hold back. If I am interested in someone, I'll just ask them to go get coffee. Pursue it. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no reason to be waiting around for someone to suggest something. It's like, because I know what I want to do and I want to get to know someone in a very sober environment where they're consciously awake, they're consciously aware. And it's just like a very raw way of getting to know someone. And if that's uncomfortable for someone, then like, then that's not the person I really care to pursue. So yeah, the first coffee date was great. And then from there we would, you know, go to dinners. And that's when I was like, oh, I kind of want to get a drink. And that's when I noticed myself kind of opening up that door. I was like, oh, no, like this dinner, like a drink sounds lovely. And like this really nice cocktail sounds great. So I'm going to have a cocktail. Is it because you were on a date or had you felt that going to dinner with friends before? It was because I was on a date. 
I feel like there was like this, this, you know, this little lifeline being thrown to like, I want to feel a little bit looser just because I feel like I'm still trying to get to know this person. And that's just obviously, you know, part of the journey of understanding like where you're at mentally. And that was, like I said, a year ago. So in just one year, a lot has changed already. And it's just crazy what happens when you're not really consumed by alcohol, like how quickly you're able to change your mentality and your state of life. And it's just super impressive. You know, there's a few guys here and there where a drink might've been involved, a drink might've not been involved, but never did I feel like I was consuming three drinks or where I feel like, oh shit, like I regret that. No, it was always very conscious, very aware of what I was consuming. Then, you know, as you start to navigate, as you start to navigate more dates and how to date, I feel like there's conversations around like when guys make that move and they're like, Hey, do you want to get a drink? And, you know, on Hinge and Bumble, you have the option to put in like, yes, no, whether you drink or you smoke or whatever the Mm -hmm. hell that you do, which I don't put that I don't drink. I don't say no. I just say, no, I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't like to define myself as something. Yeah. You don't have a label on it. I don't have a label. No, I'm not sober. And that was something that I also wanted to understand was not labeling it being a label. Right. You know, it was, it was so black and white. It's like, you're either sober or you're not, you either drink or you're not. And in the last year, that entire culture has shifted dramatically. You know, here we are talking about it where it's, it's no longer this, this, you know, taboo concept of like, oh, you must have some crazy sick problem, which is why you're sober, you know? And and it's that detachment from a label and understanding that I'm leaning into whatever feels right. It's like the same thing if you're, it's like the same thing around even like food, right? Yeah. Or like any activity you're doing, like it's it's just so interesting because it's like if you like to eat healthy most of the time, yeah. but you go to different restaurants or you have dessert or like you're not going to put on a profile, I only eat healthy food, <laughs> you know? Like it's, Well, you're so right. It's just weird that if you are only drinking sometimes or like a mindful drinker, it becomes a thing that people talk about. But if you're a quote healthier eater, but you want to lean into things like, I, I don't you know. know there's, just, there's just something there that I feel like yeah. is so weird that alcohol is involved. I don't know. Well, I think it's human nature. I think it's human nature to want to be a part of something, to be defined by something. You know, we're in this world where, you know, it's like, what's your purpose? What's your goal? What are you doing here? And you yeah. want to, you have this pressure to define yourself. What's your niche? What's your audience? Like you have this constant pressure to always define yourself by one thing. And then that one thing you pursue it, which Obviously, there's a big conversation about that, but it's more so like what do feels right to you, yeah. right? And as I started to, you know, I was telling you, attracting people that were aligned with my life, I attracted people that don't drink at all, and they don't drink at all because they choose not to. You know, as I'm, a, I love fitness, I love to work out, and I noticed that if I have one drink, even I feel my muscles the next day have extra fatigue. I feel the dehydration, so it has to be really worth that cocktail for me to order it now, like today. Yeah. It's more so like I most likely will not order a cocktail. Yeah. But if it sounds really good and I'm in that mood, like there's the place at Commodore, that really delicious ginger tequila oh my drink. God, the, oh, it's, my God. Commodore has the best cocktails. The best cocktails and mocktails. Have they you had do. the, the beet one? Yeah, it's so good. So yeah, good. It's amazing. So shout out to like restaurants that are like literally doing it right. Totally. You know, like it's, it's Could not you, agree more. It's just, it's amazing to see. But like I said, like in Commodore, I was like, I want that tequila drink. And I like the, the looseness it made me feel for a second. And then I, you know, chug some water and I was like, that was pleasant. That was gorgeous. I love that. Great experience. So let's talk about going out though. Cause, yeah. cause I feel like it can be easy, right. To go on an app. And I mean, 
let's let's also set the stage that I've never been on Bumble or Hinge except for Bumble BFF <laughs> when I moved to Austin. So I cannot talk on any of this, which is why I'm asking you. But it seems easier to go on an app and meet someone mm-hmm. and say, let's meet for coffee. And as you get to know this person, say, yeah, I'm not someone who you know, really drinks as much and you, you kind of can talk about the activities that you like and your values and all that thing. Mm-hmm. But that is just the apps, right? How do you do that in normal course of your life? Yeah. And you are someone who likes to go out and dance mm-hmm. and you don't need an alcoholic drink to do it. Maybe sometimes you do have an alcoholic drink, mm-hmm. but you go out and you have fun and you dance and go to concerts. So how do you think about going out and dating in a world that you don't have alcohol? How do you approach that? Do you meet people out? Do you find that the crowd is only people who are like completely plastered and so you don't feel like you would meet someone at these things? Like Mm -hmm. talk about that a a little bit because I think it can be hard for someone who's looking to not drink as much and this almost anxiety of going out without a drink and, and, and being with a you know, crowd that is yeah. super intoxicated. I think it's it, it comes down to attract what you put out, right? So live the life that you want to live. So that comes with, you know, meeting people. I've just, I've met people through my journeys of partaking in different activities, such as going to shows and also just getting out of your comfort zone. I think it just comes out to like putting a little bit more effort, you know, because there's that, that, that comfortability when you're drinking and the other person's drinking too, that like you're kind of loose. You're like, yeah, what's up? You know, into these conversations, it's kind of like, it's a confidence booster. You're going to go up to someone that you've never met before and start a conversation. Like whether it's at a coffee shop, whether it's at a concert, whether it's even at a bar, you know, I don't personally like to go to bars anymore because I don't care to be around that energy and and that, that, that activity. Cause at the end of the day, there's an activity that's being taken there and I don't care to entertain it. There are sometimes places that are, you know, more of a lax bar style or whatever, but it's, it's, engaging in activities that you know is going to attract those things and like having the confidence and the balls to just go up to someone and start a conversation. And what are they going to say? If they don't want to be your friend, they'll shut you down. If they don't want to date you or they want to pursue a conversation, they just they shut it down and you move on. That wasn't meant for you. And be comfortable enough that that was not meant for you. So you go on to the next thing. And I feel like the pressures I had before, before going out that I was like, okay, I have to drink is such a now taboo mentality. Now I just told, it's so clear to me that I go out and dance with friends that like to go out to dance, not because they're out to with other intentions. And if I happen to meet someone, sick. But when it comes to, you know, I'm navigating single life here and I'm navigating it as best as I can and I and I feel great where I am in my life. So I just know things are happening in the in the background. But as far as meeting guys and having that that detachment to worry about whether I should be drinking or not, it just shows up in like in, in the life that I've created now. I'm like, the life that I have now is so great. I know that it's going to keep getting better. And I know what's meant for me is going to attract my way. It feels like you've done, or it doesn't even feel, I know that you've done so much work on yourself. And it's something that I really admire about you in terms of like knowing that you wanted to do this, putting in the time, putting in the effort, really being intuitive with what type of, and I think you talk about like what type of attraction or like not vibe, but just like how you want to attract people into Mm -hmm. your life and hold space for them and let go of things. And you're just so intuitive with it. Was the initial breakup a catalyst for this or 
what was the rationale behind it and what recommendations to the audience can you give that would be helpful to bringing it? Because I just feel like you've completely, and I didn't know you as well before, but the aura that you bring to people is so calm and comforting and welcoming. And I think it's really unique. And so I want to hear a little bit about why you first started on this journey and then what you can tell us. And and if people are interested in, in doing more of this, what you recommend. Yeah. I feel like, you know, everyone goes through a catalyst moment. Mine was definitely a breakup because of, you know, breakups essentially suck, but they don't. Breakups are honestly the best thing that could ever happen to someone because they're literally just this super boost into the direction that you're meant to go on. And I think that that mentality itself is what really has clarified everything for me is like, you know, your heart hurts for a bit. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to make sense of it. And then you can use that to pivot. You know, you can use it to pivot towards a direction that you want to actually pivot to in a really like, you know, fast way, essentially. So the breakup definitely think that, you know, isolation was huge. I think that just taking that time, which I was blessed to have COVID, you know, to do that. But it was more so like seeing the benefits that came from changing my life, which is just grounding myself, feeling my feelings, you know, understanding myself, going to therapy, you know, listening to things that actually make me feel good, surrounding myself with friends that are actually supporting my journey versus the ones that are maybe, you know, when it comes back to drinking or when you celebrate something, right? Like, hey, I'm not drinking or, you know, and someone immediately says, well, why? That initial, you know, vibe check that you feel like the energy is like, oh, okay, like that feels a little sticky. That's an indicator that that's someone that maybe you shouldn't really have around right now. Maybe not in this in this point in your journey. And that's something that I can that I would love to express to anyone listening is is listen to your gut when it comes to anyone speaking to you or how they celebrate you or how they don't celebrate you. Any response they give you when you're sharing some good news or bad news, right? It's like take into account how you feel. Do you feel good? Do you feel elevated? Do you feel encouraged? Do you feel like after talking to that person or after being in their presence that you feel energized and like, you know what? I'm on the right path. Or do you feel like you're questioning yourself? Do you feel like you're kind of going in a little bit of a rabbit hole spiral here? Do you feel like, you know, maybe you don't agree completely with what they're saying, but you want to, but you're, you know, now you're going into internal battle. Mm -hmm. Check in. Like there's something there. Maybe you shouldn't keep, you know, engaging with that. And the, that that feeling, that gut feeling, just it's like a muscle. You're training a muscle. You know, your your brain is a muscle. Your heart is a muscle. These things that need to be trained. So the more that you train them, the more you're able to make these like really unique decisions that are more aligned with your divine path. And that's essentially like what it comes down to is just living the life that you're meant to live, whether it's drinking, whether it's not drinking, whether it's not defining it as anything. Is how do you want to live it? You know, I like to take it a day at a time. That's how I live my life. You know, if something great happens one day, sick. If it doesn't, no, it doesn't mean that I'm a hedonist and kind of just float around without us, you know, any kind of plan. But I, I do, I do have some structure, but it's more so emotionally, like let it flow. And, you know, even when it comes to dating, like navigating single life the last three years and not having alcohol be a part of my life helps you understand exactly what you want. You know, it's funny to see like you know, I've gone on some dates with, don't get me wrong, some of the most attractive men I have ever seen. Like my 15 year old self was like, oh my God, (laughs) this is amazing. And I'm like in awe at these like super handsome men. Right. But then, you know, I start to get to know them and I'm like, 
okay, yeah, I'm not aligned with anything but your looks, you know? Yeah. And so that's also another thing where I'm like, I because I'm not drinking, because I'm not, you know, having this rose-colored glasses, I'm able to see that person for who they are on the first date. And I'm not going to entertain a second date if it doesn't feel right because I saw them for who they are. If I were to have two or three drinks, even one drink, my sense of reality, my perception of reality is already impaired. I'm already slightly impaired. My eyes get a little blurry, you know, it's like a little hazy, a little sweet. Now it's a little, little sexy. And I'm like, okay, no, that's not, that's not it. Which is why I recommend always suggesting a coffee date, a walk date, a, you know, a lunch date, whatever it is, just something sip. Also pro tip, if you have a coffee date or a morning date, you have the easy way to say, I have lunch plans or have a meeting. Oh yeah. Opt out. No. Yeah. You, and also like when you go to get a drink, right. It's always that question. Do you get a second drink or how it's going? This can only get one coffee. Only one coffee. Only really can get one coffee. I'm so sorry. I have a call at, you know, 10, I got to bounce. Okay. Yeah. No worries. No hard feelings. You dip. You make the judgment of whether you want to see the person again or not. But I will say when I'm getting to know someone on that first date or maybe that second date and I'm curious to see what their approach is to drinking and, you know, substances or whatever that, that they're, they like to, you know, involve themselves with, I try not to judge. But don't get me wrong. I'm human. I'm going to like have an initial like thought where I'm like, oh, like that's not aligned. But I like to hear him out because, for example, if one guy tells me that, he loves to go to the bars every Saturday or he loves to go bar hopping, you know, at rainy. Well, you know, our sense of fun is not the same. And I don't see how we will have the same kind of fun if that's what his priorities are. I'm not judging him for that. It's just his life. I have plenty of girlfriends that that's their life and I don't judge them for that. It's just not aligned with my life. You know, I want to go to Barton Springs post up in the sunshine all day on Saturday. So, but I will say that recently I've had a situation where Someone said that, you know, I like to go to these bars on Saturdays, but you could sense and by their remaining of the conversation that they're trying to pivot from that lifestyle. They're trying to mm. pivot away. They're trying to make a change. And they're seeking that by seeking the conversation with me because they see that I'm living that lifestyle. So they're trying to tap into that. So you can't dismiss someone for wanting to change, you right. know? And I think that's something really important when it comes to dating. It's it's not being picky. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not not being picky. I think you should always know what you want and be set on not settling. But I think it's realizing that people are also trying to evolve in their own journey. And it's like, well, how can you help that Yeah, too? I think some people too really want to make a change, but they feel the sense of like identity crisis yeah. around changing or all their friends are doing that. So yeah. what would their friends perceive them as if they don't want to? And so they are looking for those different friendships or activities to get out of that potentially. Yeah. But there's there's this like weird kind of internal battle or not weird, but it, there's just like an internal battle around mm-hmm. what do you do if that's what your a lot of your friends are doing or that's what you're used to doing. Yeah. So I, I think it's a it's a really interesting point. It is. And it's it's also checking in with how you feel. Like when someone might suggest, you know, hey, come out with my friends and like, we'll we'll go for a drink or something. And I'm like, you know, I'm good. Like, but if you want to like grab a cop before, if you want to like, you guys want to do something before, mm-hmm. go to the park or something, let me know. And like, it kind of sounds like you're a kid. Like when I've said before to a guy like, yeah, well, like we can go like to the park and like toss the Frisbee. We can go to the park and get some ice cream and toss the Frisbee. And how nice does that sound? Yeah. It sounds amazing. Like I'm turning 30 this year. That sounds lovely to me. (laughs) Like I am so okay with that. Like I don't want to go to a dive bar and drink pickleback shots anymore. No. Like that's not it. That's also why Austin is like, it, it allows you to have 
the space to do those types of activities yeah. versus a, a New York, for example, yeah. right? I mean, you can kind of still do it there, but it really depends on the city, totally. on the activities that yeah. people are doing and are just available yeah. to you. Totally. And I think it's it's also, if you live in a city that, let's say, isn't super accessible to outdoor activities or, you know, maybe you just have one trail, maybe you just have one piece of concrete that you can run on, we'll go on that piece of concrete, you know, like go rollerblade, go do something. Like the thing it's also, it's, it's understanding that, you know, we lived a big chunk of our lives partying and doing crazy shit in in college and post-college, but now it's our time to really take, take life by the reins and be like, okay, where's the direction that I want to take it? You know, do I want to, one of the books that I read that was really good was called The Defining Decade. And I don't know if you've read that. No. But it's a really You're good gonna book. You're going to amp up my reading list. Yeah, it's really good. But it, this is actually – it's about your 20s. And I read that when I was 25 or 26. And I was scared to read it because I'm like, I don't want to read this and be like, oh, shit. I mm. totally didn't make use of my 20s. Oh. Quite the opposite. I read it and I'm like, hell yeah, I've been doing good shit. Like I'm on the right track, you know? <laughs> and it just goes to show that the habits that you're building now – or what's going to set the stage for the rest of your life. And whether you're 45, 55, you know, 18, whatever age range you are, it's never too late to make a change in your life. If you want to make a change, you can do that. You don't have to wait until something bad happens or until your friend does it or until you feel like you need to be going through a breakup to be that catalyst. No, everyone's journey is different, but it's like make the change if you want to see it change. If you don't want to keep drinking, and I have plenty of friends that are like, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to go out anymore. I'm like, all right, then stop doing it. Yeah. It's like you can only say it for so long. Exactly. Like, it doesn't mean anything if you're not actually acting yeah. on it. And I think it's, you know, there's, I'm sure that everyone has a friend who is either curious about non drinking or already living a completely different life. And maybe you've lost touch with them, but you're curious about their life, reach out to them, ask them how they're doing, you know, open up those those vortexes for yourself to enter in new abundance into your life that's aligned with the life that you want to live. Hundred percent. All right, Susie, let's do some rapid fire to end. Okay. <laughs> so, if someone had to describe your hosting style in one word, what would it be? Um, you're a great host, BT Dubs. You, dude, honestly, I've taken so much from you. No, you're an amazing host, dude. You are too. Um, but you have a house and a backyard. I would say wholesome. Yeah. Very wholesome. It's like you, you're you're also just like bringing everyone in. Yeah, like you're from all corners of from my literally life. all corners. I mean, I do that too, though, because it's like I don't have a I don't have like a crew. It's just like exactly. I have a bunch of different friends, and so it's like come over and get to know each other yep. and see what s- happens. See what happens. See, say what's up. Yeah, and I think it's letting go of the control too, which is a big thing, especially oh, as like yeah. being the way that we are, where it's like we want to organize things. We want to make sure that the, that the vibe is curated. That's well, just kind of what it is. Yeah. And and I do put a lot of intention into that, which is why even when I do bring in like people from all walks of life, it's like, let's see what happens. And yeah. then I start to see, oh, like this, this vibe, like this didn't, we can do it again a different way. But I just like to create a space that is safe for anyone to come in to feel good. Like you're not performing for anyone. Like you're not having to do anything. You're just there to show up, eat some food, laugh a little bit, dip whenever the hell you want. Yeah, exactly. You know? Okay. What's your favorite drink, alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Okay. We'll do alcoholic first. Just so that the Commodore margarita. I mean that one, the Commodore ginger one. Like so holy, good. it's like a ginger shot with tequila. No, my favorite drink actually is a michelada. So I'm Mexican and I, you know, grew up in Mexico and we have a lot of really delicious drinks and a michelada 
is one of the best drinks ever. It's beer. And in America, they do it the wrong way. They put like Bloody Mary mix. It's disgusting. Oh, Don't do that. That is not my this vibe. Is, it's awful. But I don't even think that the actual real thing would be your vibe anyway. <laughs> it's Tabasco, Maggie, like seasoning sauce, Worcestershire sauce, lime, salt, pepper, and then you top it with beer. And then you can throw in Clamato, but I sometimes don't want that. It's just like a spicy, saucy beer. I'm completely out, but I love that for you. <laughs> now alcoholic, I just got a juicer. Oh, hell yeah. So I've just been juicing. Dude, that's on my registry. Can you tell me like, what do you make? Like, Okay. Best drink I've just made right now. Ready? Beets. I love beets. Oranges. One carrot. If you're feeling a little spicy, like maybe two. And lemon. Oh my God. That sounds so good. And if you want to get a little bit, a little crazy, you just add a little bit of ginger. But oh my God, like the beet combination with the sweetness of the orange, the saltiness of the carrot and the spice of the ginger. I mean- you're, you're going to feel it through your pain. Is the cleanup as bad as people say? So this is where actually it was a lot. It's a good, it's a good mental, mental exercise here. I saw that I saw like all the pieces I have to wash. And I'm like, this is a bitch to wash. I know it. But as I'm washing, I'm like, no, this is nice to wash. This is great activity. I made so many amazing juices. And I'm telling this as I'm washing the things, I'm like, what amazing treat I get to have to make these juices myself. They taste so delicious. They're nourishing. They're healthy. Next thing I know, I'm done with the dishes. Hell yeah. So well, no. Cam does the dishes in our house, so maybe I'll just uh, <sighs> Dude, put that on the <laughs> pros of a of a man's. <laughs> well, no, we we split chores very evenly. So yeah. I'd be like, I'll make you a juice and oh, sounds so lovely. Clean it up. What's your favorite type of get together? Honestly, like a situation at the park. Like Spartan I love Springs or- Spartan Springs or Big Zilker where I'm like, hey, like let's all go meet up at the park, bring some snacks yeah. and just post up in the beautiful sunshine. That is my go-to. I like that. Do you prefer to host or be hosted? I love hosting so much. You don't feel like any like anxiety of like the cleanup after you're just like so happy to bring people together that you're I feel like it's like the high of bringing people yes. together that I like about hosting not the actual like putting it no. out or hate that the part. drinks or here's the food it's like seeing your friends yes. talking to one another and vibing makes me really happy so I'm assuming that's what literally that I'm just like wow this is so lovely yeah yeah the cleanup and that like I don't really care I love being hosted properly i think that my my standards are so high <laughs> yeah i know i also like there's a control like you were just yes. saying with the control thing there is an element of control you totally. have when hosting like you know who you're inviting <laughs> yeah. you know it's being served like 100 percent. yeah all that. i like that all right Susie, i love you what love you. where can people find you if they want to see your your vids. I mean, you're a TikTok star. You do what's the Sunday thing you do? So I started off a single girl <laughs> Sunday and we kind of um pivoted to just Sunday stuff just because, you know, as I am single, yes, we don't like to do You're define. not defined as be, you're define. not defined as a single girl. We're not defined as a single girl, you know, open to the right person if it happens. But um, you can find me on yeah, TikTok, on Instagram, and uh, my YouTube channel. I love so that. check it out. It's mostly vlog style. So basically just a raw outlook into my life. At Susie Salcedo. Susie Salcedo. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're cool with us saying Susie Salcedo. Yeah. Okay. Salcedo. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean it's good good enough. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. As you know, I am not a specialist and I'm not trained to give advice whatsoever. These are just my own personal thoughts and conversations. 
If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the show if you can. It helps so, so much. And feel free to find me on social channels, Post by Tori. See ya! See ya!